So hi there, my name is Luca Arrigo. I've been an entrepreneur for the past five years. This year in 2021, I'm launching some new exciting ventures. To prepare myself for that, I decided to organize an event series. It's called Fuck Ups and Success. I'm meeting with Malta's most talented entrepreneurs. I'm gonna learn about their entire life story. And most importantly, I'm gonna learn about their mistakes and how those mistakes have eventually led to their success. Looking forward to it. Today we're meeting Matthew De Giorgio, he's the owner of Jampula. Jampula is one of Walter's largest clubbing complexes and is very notable for world-class festivals and attracting thousands and thousands of people to Malta each year. Okay, hey guys, welcome to the first episode of Fuck Ups and Success. Today we're meeting with Matthew De Giorgio, he's the owner of Jampula Village. Jampula Village is in the top 100 clubs of the world and we're very lucky to be here speaking with him today. It's been a crazy year for the whole nightlife industry. We all dearly miss being out on the dance floor, socializing and uh, the good tunes that are brought to us by amazing DJs on this island. So thank you Matthew here for joining us today. Uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about the story? Where did Champula come from? And um, w w what's up with this name? Who, who invented it? Yeah, the name started obviously with the... Because the land before my father took it was by two people called Gianni and Paola. So then the name derived from Giampula. And it actually started off with Ta Giampula rather than just Giampula. You started with a place that was just a farmhouse in the center of the island. And over the years you've turned it into a top 100 clubbing destination in the world. Yes, obviously it started off as with just a small, small farmhouse and then, which actually, to be fair, started off, which is a family business, started off by, uh, by my father and, and my mother, who, to be fair, didn't really actually think it was going to evolve into a nightclub. So they didn't actually start it off to become a nightclub. They started it off, to be fair, for a group of friends, started coming over on the weekends, and obviously slowly, slowly, it uh, became uh, larger and larger, but not to the extent it is, it is today. It only, to be fair, started off in what we know as of today called the clubhouse, which is the inside, the inside area for maximum at the beginning was maybe 50 or, or 60 people, which started off in winter, and then slowly, slowly, as years came on, it carried on into the uh, outdoor outdoor spaces, the outdoor area, which you know of as the main room of, of Jampula. And uh, I mean, you've been doing this for quite quite a number of years now. Uh, what were the early years like for you personally? No, I've been doing this now, I think, for, for, for 19 years. Um, when I started at the age of 18, in full force into the business, prior to that, I obviously was uh, studying in the UK. And when I used to come over to, to Malta in the summer season, my father always used to want to get me involved into the business and get me involved by doing certain kind of work that maybe he wanted to train me from the, from the bottom, cleaning of glasses, 
um, cooking, doing hot dogs, doing certain things to make you realize that it's from the, you need to start from the bottom and slowly, slowly get to the top. So you learn how to do things the hard way. And you also had an experience studying abroad. You think uh, studying at university is important for young businessmen? Well, uh, not necessarily. I mean, I did, my, I did four or five years doing my GCSEs and A-levels in the, in the UK. To be fair, I did not go to university because at the age of 18 and 19, I came directly to, to Malta to carry, on, to carry on the business from my father. I believe in experience. And yes, you can learn a lot from school, which is important, very important. But at the end of the day, it's not just about degrees. It's about having full-on experience and understanding the business. And obviously, failing on the way is very important as well. You obviously have to meet a lot of people in your line of work. And uh, some, some of those uh, people who work with, with the nightclubs are, are DJs or, or promoters. What kind of things uh, really sticks out to you when you see somebody who's either just starting industry or um, is getting somewhere? Passion. It's all about passion. If an artist or a DJ or, or even promoter doesn't have the passion, he's just doing it for just for a quick buck, he never ends up. He never does it for long enough. It's all about passion. A lot of artists or DJs you see today, they still have the passion. Even, for example, you take now with the, with the hard hit of the covid a lot of artists and DJs are producing more and more. So they're, they're carrying it on in a different way and creating more and more passion for it to hopefully restart when they get out of the, 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 hit, the hard hit they are now at the moment. Well, are there some people who, uh, who stand out either because of uh, maybe your personal friendship with them or you've just seen them really um, passionate about the industry over many years? No, not necessarily. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just, it's just, it just boils down to passion, look, you know, it's... it's, it's people it's like in any in any kind of job if you're there just for the nine to five kind of thing it doesn't really work you want people that want to grow in life and you want people to to push themselves further and further okay okay so now just one question outside of the of the nightlife industry about you personally maybe like what what do you do to to relax or or maybe when you're stressed out in a busy summer like how do you let off steam (sighs) to be fair when i'm stressed out most of my days are, to be fair, in the clubs. Um, Monday to Sunday, I'd have maybe one day off. If it is, you want to call it one day off, and that would be just going to the beach, relaxing. But most of the time, it's always in the nightlife. I wouldn't really say in, during the summer season, I'm just having a few days off. Because I, what I find very important is that people focus especially even if they're stressed, they can try and get out of them uh, out of the stress on their own rather than trying to either go to the beach or not. Okay, all right. And um, uh, so over the, a few years ago now, you became a father. Has, has, had, had that to have any change on the way you approached your work life or even just maybe how uh, um, you reorienting priorities in any sense or does it change anything? It hasn't changed, to be fair. Obviously, COVID, since with COVID, I've spent much more time with my son. I got to know him more. He's two years, five months at the moment. But uh, prior to that, I'm a bit of a workaholic. Um, so at the time, it was all about the work pre, pre, pre-COVID. Okay, so obviously coronavirus this year had a huge effect on uh, on uh, the industry. It had a huge effect on the people who enjoy going to these to to going to social events, um, and it's 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 uh, still still something that's on people's mind all of the time. 
Um, do you think this summer there'll be any any sort of uh, uh, social events, or or is it still too 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 early to know? No, no, I don't think it's too early. I think we'll manage to get into uh, the clubs reopening. Now, I believe at the beginning there'll probably be seated type of events in the nightclubs, um, but I can't see this uh, carrying on for the long the long haul. Obviously, everyone wants herd immunity for it to be back to normality and where festivals can get back to the norm of the way we know them at the moment. But I'm very I'm convinced that the seated events are going to happen very, very soon. And over the years, has there ever been anything that um, you've always wanted to implement and maybe it's it's something in your plans and uh, hasn't hasn't come to fruition yet or... No, to be fair, as the minute I the minute I took over the uh, the business, I always wanted to create a, an entertainment village. And I believe over the years we're now on to eleven venues. Over the years, I think it's worked perfectly. It's worked perfect in a way that a client can come on a Friday night. He can go from one venue to another. He can have techno in one club, commercial ragaton in a different club. Which, to be fair, in Malta as as a complex, there isn't. There never was. Uh, and that was the vision when I came over from the UK at the age of 18, 19, what I wanted to implement for, for Malta. There are food outlets over there as well. So you can, it's a bit like a one-stop shop. You can come there. There are taxi outlets. There were merchandise stores. There are food outlets. It's just a one-stop shop. You can come there, enjoy yourself and be taken home by an actual uh, safe and sound. So obviously technology is changing a lot of the way we work. Um, uh, technology like social media has probably influenced uh, how we enjoy a night out. Um, do you have any, any unique take on uh, what how things are developing when it comes to social media or online When it comes to social media, ticketing? it has advantages and disadvantages. Advantages, obviously, you can have people knowing exactly where other people are so it can, get, it can drive people to, to, the, uh, to the club. The other problem is that on dance floors, you're seeing everyone with mobiles. So that has a bit of a side effect because you don't want people, you want people dancing rather than everyone is just posing on fo for photos on, uh, in the clubs, which to be fair has also affected certain kind of DJs as well because DJs want to give people, people pleasure and not having DJs looking at the crowd and all be, be trying to take their own selfies. You think this would change post-COVID or it would have the same kind of I issues? I think it's going to have the same. It's going to have the same effect. Even though people are thriving to get back onto the dance floors, they can't wait to get back onto the dance floors. But uh, I think the, the, the norm of people will just be the same. Uh, are you familiar with the concept of, uh, of blockchain? Uh, not really. Uh, basically, I'm asking you because uh, I did a bit of looking around, and there's there's some uh, some technology pr proposals through blockchain where it it allows you to, uh, as a client, receive kind of loyalty, which comes in these cryptocurrencies, and then be able to either tip the DJ or receive um, uh, VIP bookings based on how often you're visiting clubs. Has that ever crossed your mind to look into? No, it hasn't. To be fair, the only technology that we mainly use is apart from from like the Facebook and, and kind of things, technology. We, we, use we use systems of bar technologies uh, where they, whereby, for example, inside the bars, everything is electronically, electronically derived. So when, for example, people go and take a drink from the bar, everything is, is uh, when you punch the drink, it comes down and goes into a system. It comes on my phone, it comes on the manager's phone. 
it, it knows exactly how many tots have gone out in the end of the night. So we've basically pushed more into that kind of technology. Okay, okay. So it's hard to get your friend behind the bar to pour you an extra tot, sure. I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so what about things like uh, the vaccine passport? If people have spoken about having a vaccine passport for countries and maybe even for festivals, has this, has this crossed no, your this mind? This has crossed our mind. We, want to, we, we, we obviously want to restart. So obviously anything the government puts on us as in a vaccine passport or even uh, to enter festivals or enter the clubs, we're all, we're all for it. The only issue with that is that the, our market, which is the youths, are obviously going to get vaccinated later on. And if, for example, we're going to be going for festivals later on in the year, that could have an effect as well when people come from, from abroad. Because in other European countries, a lot of the people um, are going to take much longer to get vaccinated rather than the, the, Maltese, the Maltese public because of their sizes. Yeah, we saw some, some interesting festivals which were going to come into Malta. You think they, they, they would be back next year? Or were they just a thing that was possible because of, of last summer's unique scenario? I don't think it's the same, the same type of festivals, but uh, similar to those type of festivals will return. And I think this end of August, September, October, we're going to see a few festivals back on the island. So I want to ask a question that is actually just really a rumor I've heard from talking to friends to friends about the nightlife scene. Um, uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, stories that, that we hear from people who are, a bit, who are in their 30s about what it was like in the 90s and early thousands in Malta. And there's one that sticks out is, is about Carl Cox. And when he actually came to Malta, um, I believe he had an event at the Westin, which was shut down in some way. And uh, would you like to, to give your perspective on that? No, I was much younger. I think I was only uh, 17 or 16 or 17. Uh, at the time, in those, in those days, I think there were only, we used to call them rave parties. There were only one or two maximum a month or every two months. I think at the time, the promoters that were doing it, uh, I don't know them. I don't know them personally, but I think uh, they were not as, I wouldn't say professional full-time promoters that there are today. Right, right. I guess they were pioneers of their day doing things for the first time, so it was difficult to do things the right way. Um, uh, what about things like conferences and summits? Uh, Motors has seen quite a lot of them. Have you ever thought about going down that line? You mean by music conferences? Uh, it could be music conferences, but I mean, even we see things, one that comes to mind is Sigma, where there's a combination of, of a professional atmosphere as well as an entertainment atmosphere. Well, to be fair, Jampula, Jampula Village around six years ago, one of the venues, we decided, we decided to turn it into a corporate, corporate kind of venue, going for these kind of different kind of, kind of markets. Unfortunately, it, uh, we, we, we shut it down after two years. It didn't work. We realized that the people that know the brand of Jampula preferred the clubbing aspect to it rather than, rather than having a corporate venue incorporated into the village. So obviously we turned that into a completely indoor nightclub, which obviously we are bearing the fruits from it more and more than we did with the corporate aspect. And uh, like last November, you organized something which was very interesting in, in my eyes, where you combined a, a camping activity with your Jampula grounds. And that seemed like something uh, that was, I think, done for the first time. That you? was for the first time. And obviously, we thought about it because of COVID. That's something I definitely want to, to advance in. I think it's a fantastic idea 
when it comes uh, when it comes in we can incorporate it enormously with the clubbing the idea would be that someone can come there have everything ready so it wouldn't be a situation whereby he's getting his own camp the camps would be would be on site and people would book their actual camp for two or three days or even one night during the weekends and actually party and sleep on site. I think it's a fantastic idea. It was it came up from the from our team and it's something you're going to definitely be seeing in the future. So that's good to hear. I think that yes. would be that's something that people are really craving for. It's it's a combination of outdoors, uh, socializing, something that we're we're it's all a, missing. It's, but it's it's more than I think even for a tourist, if a tourist coming over from from abroad, that kind of market um we don't we don't have. And also there isn't available. And that's why we want everything to be plug in, plug out. So basically the person that comes there is finding everything everything ready yeah so uh matthew de giorgio you, your your grandfather is uh, roger de giorgio um uh, he, he uh, you mentioned to me earlier that uh, he was actually the architect that was that designed the original farmhouse and he's also got quite an interesting history uh, are there any particular lessons he might have taught you no to be fair unfortunately he passed away about uh, 10 uh, 10 years ago um he was a man that was precise. Everything that he actually did was everything to precision. So if, for example, he would, like what he did with the building, everything was done as it should be. There were no cutting any corners, like unfortunately we are seeing a lot in today's building sites, which, I mean, the building sites of today are very hard to, <laughs> very hard to accept, a lot of them. Okay, so sustainability is quite a, quite a hot topic at the moment. And uh, obviously we've seen a lot of businesses shifting how they do things. Is there anything we can expect from Jampula? We're going to go into, obviously, the environment is a big, uh, a big aspect at the moment. And we're obviously looking into things by slowly eliminating plastic. Obviously, we use a, a lot of plastic um, at the clubs for, for serving, serving our drinks. So what we're thinking of is slowly, slowly, and you will probably, hope, hopefully, we'll probably see it this summer. Some of the nightclubs will not have uh, the throwable plastic, but will have the uh, the hard kind of plastic. It creates a lot of issues for us, obviously, when it comes to washing and more, more stuff. But it's one aspect that we're definitely going to be going into, and you're going to be seeing it in uh, various various clubs, hopefully, this summer. Also, I've seen abroad the concept of having uh, a kind of a, a card to take care of, of payments in some yeah, sense. That's one of the, that's we, we were thinking of uh, having one of those aspects for sure. Uh, looking into, into um, contactless, for example, without having actually uh, money, physical money anymore is another thing we're going to be definitely going into again slowly, slowly, because we feel it's going to be the new the new kind of norm probably in the in the near future yeah i mean we've seen the past two weeks uh, or past two months really cryptocurrency blockchain everyone's getting into that would you ever think of doing a jumpula coin and having people uh, <laughs> <laughs> having people you know pay for their never drinks never say with, never you know never, never say, say never never say never never say never, never. <laughs> never, say never. but uh, but why not at the end of the day uh, we're all for new type of uh, type of technologies and Hopefully more and more things are implemented in the nightlife industry. 
type. So, so what should we what should we be looking forward to uh, to see first from Jampula in the in the, in the next year? Well, in the next year, I think we're going to be obviously similar to what you saw what you saw last last June. Club nights will restart, one-off events will restart, and hopefully later on in the year, festivals will restart as well. Um, but I think it's it's going to be back to basics, and I think it's back to I think to be fair, when people do return to the clubs, and I think that they will return with a bang, they do want to see. Um, a better level of nightlife. I think people want to see more cleanliness, more health and safety. And this is one of the things that we're actually looking into at the moment. At the moment, for example, even my staff, our full-time management, we're going through various type of courses as well, health and safety courses. We are uh, we're looking actually handling courses, our food handling courses as well. We're going over them as well with the fire safety as well we're doing. We're basically redoing things to when we do restart, having things right up to up to up to top notch. Yeah, a lot of DJs at the moment they're uh, they're they're missing their 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 passion. Uh, so it feels like a lot of a lot of artists are producing a lot more music. Is that something we should be excited about as a country to be releasing more mu- music? Do you think we do enough of it? Uh, and w- no, I don't think we do enough. Of, uh, I don't think we do enough of it because I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of them, not the majority, but a lot of them are. A part time, so obviously they don't have much much time for for producing. But what I've noticed is, due to COVID, a lot of people have been producing more because they have more time on their more time on their plates. So obviously, hopefully, we're going to be seeing great great new new productions coming out very soon. I actually had a, yeah, I had some sort of academy a few years back that was that was run by Jampula. We had an academy. I think it was about three years ago, for for a year. We got some new people involved, which was which did very well, but then unfortunately, after a year, we uh, we stopped it. Uh, you, 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 over the years, you've opened a, a few new venues, maybe rebranded them, started this academy. It seems like you do like to experiment with a lot of new things. Uh, do you have a process where you whereby you come up with these ideas and then take them to market, or do they just uh, come through naturally for you and your team? No, they come naturally from from myself and from the team. Like for example, the camping, it came out of it came out of nowhere. Um, but obviously, you need to just keep one step ahead because in entertainment, this is not like an office or like a normal shop. You're always having to change things up, and normally, even the venues, every two years, every three years. You're seeing changes in the venues that when clients come, it's so we're always brushing them up to make them obviously better and better, and also to a to an international, to a national standard, international level. So if foreigners come over, they're seeing obviously nightclubs that are on the Ibiza kind of Ibiza kind of level, uh, and the other Mediterranean countries. And uh, we often hear sometimes uh, good press, bad press about uh, the economic impact of uh, of the nightlife industry, especially when it comes to tourism. Um, do you think that uh, we should be more appreciative of what we have, or we should be more careful to actually ensure that what we are, the products we are providing, are, are safe? No, or- that's strange because, for example, at the moment when when no tourists are coming over, everyone's criticizing because ah, oh, we have a problem. No tourists are coming over. When in 2019, for example, so many tourists, well, I think it was 2.7 million tourists uh, were in the country for the, for, for the entire year, then everyone's saying, we're over, there's too many tourists. So everyone, there needs to be, there needs to be a balance. At the end of the day, entertainment, obviously 2.9 million tourists, not all for, for entertainment, they're all for the different niches that Malta provides. 
But when it comes to entertainment, I think we need to realize that it, the entertainment is here to stay. I think we, the government needs to build on more entertainment, entertainment as in festivals, because the amount of, uh, the amount of even revenues it brings over to the country in such a short period is great and everyone is, is feeding off it when it comes to taxis, bars in Bujibar or St. Julian's restaurants, nightclubs, Airbnb, three-star, four-star hotels. You have to understand we have many more three-, four-star hotels than we have five-star hotels. We had the product we, we at the moment, which we really have, let's be honest, is not a five- or six-star resort. It's a three-, four-star. So we have to understand what we are, and that's what we are. We're a three-, four-star. Of course, the theme for this whole uh, this whole um, web series is is fuck ups and success. What kind of uh, um, mistakes have happened, or and uh, and how have you either learned from them, or how have they helped you to 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 form uh, your your future strategy? Uh, do you have any kind of examples? I think the one of the biggest one that comes to mind when it comes to fuck ups, I think, would be when you can't touch, or you have to be a bit very very careful, especially now obviously with the health health and safety. And I remember a few few years ago when a client collapsed on the floor, um, security had to take him out. He, wasn't, he was not actually breathing. Uh, ambulance came for him, which took, I would say, half an hour, uh, three quarters of an hour. Uh, and unfortunately, in the, in the ambulance, he, he, passed, he passed away. He was very heavily... On, on various substances, unfortunately. Uh, so what I've no what I've taken from that is, we actually created our own in-house uh, paramedic center. So now there's a paramedic center, an ambulance on site, where we don't take anything for granted. We don't take anything for risk, even if it's just an event of 500, 500 people. We always have it on site. Uh, because you never know what can happen, and that was a big learning curve in my, in my, I would say, in my my career to obviously not have that happen again. So all people that come there feel feel safe. Uh, that if something, God forbid, does go wrong from the client's perspective, then they they know that uh, there's quick quick help from from our end. Yeah, that's excellent. That's uh... also obviously the other the other. Going back to another fuck up is obviously when I thought with the village trying to go into different type of markets, going back again to the the corporate market. I think the corporate market was was just not us. It was a way of trying to diversify. Um, it never worked. <clears throat> we tried doing it for two years. We spent loads of massive capital in it to actually create a venue for for corporate kind of look. Never worked, and that's when obviously we just decided to turn it into a nightclub, uh, an indoor nightclub. We mainly before we're focusing on the outdoor nightclubs, turned it into an indoor nightclub, and it uh, it worked much, it worked much much better for us. Sometimes, uh, of course, you see uh, uh, new events coming out, and uh, it takes it takes a bit of uh, a bit of a bit of courage, a bit of guts for somebody to to launch their own maybe event brand. Um, they don't always end up in success. You know, sometimes it could happen uh, where you don't reach the numbers you, you have that you, you would want. Yes, but to be fair, the advantages, and this is what we had done, when I, this is what one of the things I wanted to do when I was 19 years old, is because the venue before was one block. When I realized at the age of 19, 
it was becoming harder and harder to fill just one block in one night. And that's when I decided to split it up into various different, different uh, locations, different capacities. So now to, at the moment we have capacities from a venue of just 200 people to a venue of 20,000 people, which is obviously where the festival area is. So when, when DJs or promoters come to us, we can allocate various type of venues that fit their kind of market, which has helped us bring in more revenues and bring in more people towards towards our team. And that was one of the one of the successes, to be fair, over the years that we had done when we just split up the venue into into a different type of markets. If you had to say some words to maybe a young DJ or a, or a young promoter who who's dreaming or thinking about starting his own thing uh, as soon as things clear out. What would you say? Well, as things clear out, I think it's going to be the people that are the established ones that take off first. I think it's it's going to be harder for a startup now than it was before because the market is going to be so flooded that uh, I don't think it's the time for them to, to actually start now. I think at the moment the the established ones will take... will come onto the scene immediately and they will fill up immediately. But then obviously things will start to calm down as months go by. And that's when I believe a new person should come in with a new kind of strategy and a new kind of uh, maybe maybe event or, 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 or night um, when people would be ready for a change. People are not ready for a change now. People want the same. At the moment, they want to just get back into clubbing as they knew last last June. So basically, around around ten, uh, about I think it was about nine years ago, we noticed that daytime was coming slowly, slowly into effect with clubbing, and people were starting slowly, slowly going into daytime type of events, <clears throat> and that is when we decided to create a venue for daytime on its own which was called the rooftop and that did us uh, helped us a lot not to lose out on the market so where people would come there for example i remember the days around 8 years ago on a sunday they would come at 5 p.m. come to the rooftop and spend spend around 4 4 hours in the same location then just cross the road to another venue and stay on till 4 a.m. Whereas what was happening before, people were coming later because they were in a different type of daytime daytime venue, coming later uh, and spending, and obviously, less hours in our venues. So with the rooftop, obviously, it helped us capture a longer longer hours and longer audiences. You're always creating different concepts and, uh, and, and, and taking action on them, but do you consider yourself a creative person? The venues I've created by myself, so it's the direction and what I want in the venue was was always done was done by myself and that 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 comes from what people want but obviously knowing what people are wanting but how do you plug into that that's that you stream can of see it basically uh, keeping your feet on the ground and speaking to people having touch base with people of what they're looking at and what they're seeing and obviously what happens abroad as well abroad plays a big factor in what we do as well and obviously we move depending on the trends um Depending on the trends and obviously uh, depending on what what people what people want. Okay, which would you say is your favorite venue at Jampula? Uh, favorite venue, I think the baby would be the Marrakesh one, 
that I think would be the favorite one, um, favorite one of them all. However, the one that obviously gives me the most pride will remain the main room because obviously because we've been, um, I think in in 2017 we're ranked 52nd best club, best club in the world. That gave a lot of pride to myself and to obviously the team. We're the only country, we're the only uh, nightclub in in Malta that has that kind of that kind of uh, uh, stature, and we're obviously hoping to. And what was the process like for that? Did they, did they contact you? Or they, they basically they... contacted us and they uh, told us through through a survey of of of, of people around around the world. You've been actually ranked fifty second club club in the world. For us, it was a big a big surprise, but it was great satisfaction. And obviously, every year we're trying to make the venues better, the clubs better. So in that way, we try and get closer and closer to the uh, not top 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 one in the world but obviously we will hope to get in top 10 in the world in the next five six years yeah that's a good, that's a good vision and one we all we all hope uh, can see just because uh, we we obviously enjoy enjoy uh, the many of the parties that happen there on a regular basis also another thing obviously we also tried to, to go into the food market which uh, some foods that in some of the venues some of them did work, some of them did not work. I remember, for example, when we started with the rooftop, we had uh, chefs over there and trying to eat this sushi type of platters. It didn't work. It didn't work. People, again, wanted to come there just to party and just to enjoy themselves. But, uh, for example, our... our um, Fast food outlets then work, work so you, uh, very so you, well. You think that's that's a, a combination of of knowing your niche, or yes. is it? It's is basically it... what people want. I'm I'm a person. If I start something and, and after after five six months, it could be a bit of a drawback. But five six months a year, it doesn't work. I just trash it and change it up. I don't I don't keep on keep on. Uh... So you have to say say um, if you're going to fail, fail fast. That is something you would. But everyone has their own perspective of of the way they do they do things. The way I do things, especially in the nightlife industry, because it's so fast, you can't wait too long. If it doesn't work in in five six months a year, I just change it and scrap it up. Okay, thank you, thank you for for joining us here today, Matthew. Uh, that was fuck ups and success episode one. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, the next episode, so uh, stay tuned for that, and um, we'll be back for more.